The reading this morning is from Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 to 43. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 30 kilograms of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The son of man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Uh, my name is Richard. If uh, we haven't met, it's uh, great to see you. Great that you can join us uh, on the live stream if you're with us there. And uh, these parables that we just had read, we're going to consider for a few minutes. If uh, you're one of those people during lockdown who's got into baking or gardening in a big way, then you might feel at home in these stories Jesus is telling. If you've ever seen me try and do one of those things, you'd wonder what I'm doing here talking about them, but uh, we'll model through together. And uh, should we pray that the Lord would help us as we do so? Our fathers, we heard at the end of uh, last week's parable, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Father, we ask that would be true of us as a church this morning, that we would be good soil, that we would hear and understand your word, that we would respond in repentance and faith to it. Uh, Father, as we are uh, summoned, invited in it to come and behold a holy God, please do open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to see and to hear and to respond in ways that honour Christ. Amen. Well, if you are here last week, then uh, we considered uh, the first of these stories, these parables that Jesus tells about uh, planting and farmers and that sort of thing. 
And uh, we saw the issue very much was one of division, of polarization, of some hear Jesus' word and say, yes, thank you very much, more of that. And some think, that was a bit odd, I'm just going to go home. And there's sort of different responses responding to the king, as this series is called. And in many ways today, we're in similar territory, although perhaps with a slightly more pointed version of the question, why is there that polarization? The question raised for us in these parables is, why is there evil in the world? Jesus, you uh, say you're coming, you're talking about the kingdom, you're bringing this kingdom into a world where there is a lot of evil. Why? And what are you doing about it? is the question raised, uh, I think, in these parables. And uh, all of us uh, will be aware of uh, evil around us, evil inside us, we'd have to be honest, but uh, around us in ways that we, in our own sort of individual ways, have experienced, seen evil around us, injustice against us. And after the year that we've had, and the whole range of news stories and reports that have been written, reviews that have been done, seeing the ways that kind of big picture evil and injustice and abuse uh, goes on in all kinds of areas of our society. It's a question that we need to ask, Jesus, why? And what are you going to do about it? Well, I think uh, not everything the Bible says will be in these parables, and even if we looked at everything the Bible says, there'd be some questions I imagine we'd still have, but uh, three sort of answers, three perspectives on those questions, that question of evil and How does Jesus relate to it that these parables will uh, give us? And so the first is, uh, in this age, weeds will appear, says Jesus. In this age, weeds will appear. And so our first parable is this uh, parable of the weeds. Uh, Verse 24, if you're following, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then weeds also appeared. In this age, weeds will appear. And uh, Sarah showed us with uh, her pictures, uh, the weeds and the wheat represent different sorts of people, those who follow Jesus and those who don't. So it's different people in the world that we're considering. And the servants come and ask two questions of the owner, who in the story represents Jesus, that's what he says later. So come and ask Jesus what's going on. And the two questions are helpful to, to see what's, uh, what we're meant to learn here. So the first, verse 27, the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? Where did the weeds come from? Jesus, why are there weeds in the world? Why is there evil? Why is there injustice? An enemy did this, he replied. And later on, Jesus, as he's explaining, says, The enemy, I'm talking about the devil. Where do the weeds come from? They come from the devil. Because from beginning to end, and maybe most prominently in Jesus' own teaching, he'd say there is a a devil at work in the world. That as well as God, there is an evil, personal being who is an enemy of Jesus and his kingdom. We can't understand where evil comes from, says Jesus, without knowing ultimately it comes from this evil one. It comes from the devil. The second question then, uh, the servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? Should we sort it out? Should we get out our big spades and go and fix it? You know, get rid of the the weeds and make everything right again. Should we go and fix it right now? And uh, the owner, representing Jesus, says, no. 
Because while you're pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I'll tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. We'll think more about the harvest a bit later. But for now, do you see the answer? Should we sort it out now? Should we, should we uproot the weeds? Should we fix everything? No, not yet. Why not yet? Because you might bring up the wheat as well, which is going to happen in the end. The wheat will be harvested. It's just not ready yet. It's not full-grown, it's not mature, it's not ready for the harvest. And so we wait. Jesus is saying, I'm not finished yet with my people, with my church. There is more growth, more maturity, more Christ-likeness to see in them, in us. And so for now we wait. And Jesus says, this is just the way it will be. In this age, weeds will appear, and he'll let them grow for now because he's not ready yet for harvest time. That's our first perspective. Weeds uh, will appear. At uh, The second, in this age, again, focusing on this age, but in this age, the kingdom will grow. Weeds will appear, but also the kingdom will grow. Verse 31. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it's the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it's the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. So the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 30 kilograms of flour until it worked all through the dough. Fairly obviously, the parables have in common something small that grows and spreads. That The mustard seed or a few little spoons of yeast that become the great big tree or spread all the way through the dough. Something small, unimpressive, undramatic that grows. Jesus says his kingdom, like them, will grow. I think as well, something else they have in common is that as these things grow and spread, they bless. So the tree becomes, uh, the, the seed becomes a great tree and the birds come and perch in its branches. They find shelter, they find home in this tree. The, the yeast spreads through the dough and you know, makes it better. Uh, you'd much rather eat a bit of dough that's had yeast permeate it than some that hasn't. It, it makes the dough better, it makes the bread airy. As these things grow and spread, they bless. But not in dramatic, impressive ways. That's the point. Very small, very unimpressive. I uh, was reading this week uh, online, a pastor writing and um, talking about, yes, there are all kinds of problems in our churches at the moment, threats and difficulties. He says, but, but can I tell you what I saw today? I saw a 70-year-old woman dropped by our church to sharpen colouring pencils so the little children could do their Bible story lessons next Sunday. I saw a single mum photocopying her lesson plan as she prepared to visit our local school where she runs religious education classes. I saw a group of 14 teenagers gather after school to brainstorm the programme for this term's children's outreach programme they run. I saw a brand new Christian share her testimony for the first time. Then I heard her husband, who's completing an exploring Christianity course with one of our elders, ask, when can I share my story? I saw someone weeping as they bowed their head with another. I saw a single woman carrying a young baby so the tired mother could chat with others over a cup of tea. And he goes on and on and on. And this is what I saw on a normal day in a normal church. Uh, all of it very mustard seed-like, very yeast-like, not sort of big and splashy and impressive and dramatic. But God's kingdom growing and God's kingdom blessing. 
Jesus says that in this age, the kingdom will grow. Every now and then, it'll look like the abolition of the slave uh, trade. Every now and then it might. But most of the time, it'll look like that. Very small, very unimpressive, very normal. But God's kingdom will grow and will bless. And before we go on to a third perspective, just note that Jesus holds those two together in the way he tells these parables. Before he comes back to the parable of the weeds and explains it, he says, I want to tell you this as well, before we get to the, kind of come back to the first one. In this age, weeds will appear and the kingdom will grow, both. Both. And it may be at a particular time, in a particular place, one of those is more obvious than the others. Maybe it's more obvious that there's evil in the world. Maybe at another time, it's more obvious that God's kingdom is growing. Maybe by temperament and kind of personality, we're more, we're more inclined to notice the weeds or we're more inclined to notice the birds uh, nesting in the branches. Jesus says both will be true at the same time together throughout this age. And if we expect just one of them, we'll misunderstand, we'll misread what's going on around us, both. Weeds will appear and the kingdom will grow. But it's not like that forever because the third perspective is a future one where Jesus says that at the end, he will separate. Jesus will separate. And we're back now to the weeds and the wheat. And uh, verse 36, uh, he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. So just like last week, uh, the crowd sort of hears this story and says, that was a bit odd. Uh, And the disciples come and say, what are you on about? We're being invited, encouraged like them to come and ask Jesus, tell me more. And so he answers. And at first time, he just sort of labels the, the things in the parable and sort of says, this is this, this is this, this means this. So he answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. So I'll come back to the harvest. But before we do, just especially in that list, notice the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. Jesus says there will be a separation between the weeds and the wheat. And so we understand, we need to understand who those represent. They're both people. That's very clear here. And he says the wheat is the people of the kingdom and the weeds are the people of the evil one. So later on in his explanation, he will talk about the righteous and those who do evil. But these groups aren't primarily defined by behavior, but by belonging. It's that little word of. One group is people of the kingdom who belong to the kingdom. The other group is people of the evil one. People who belong to the evil one. Now, that's a pretty stark way of saying it. Jesus says, you belong to me. Or you belong to the devil. It's a pretty stark way of Jesus dividing up the world. But he would say it's about relationships. It's about belonging. That's through, throughout this. It's, uh, it's my kingdom, he says. It's the kingdom of my father. It's, it's a relational thing. It's who do we belong to is the question that Jesus asks. Now, when he says of the evil one, uh, don't sort of over-caricature that. He's not saying you're either a Christian or a Satanist. He's not saying you're either a Christian or sort of obviously evil in everything you do. 
He's saying that there's a fundamental direction and orientation and belonging. The devil is the one who's sort of, uh, he's the, the prime example of one who wants nothing to do with Jesus. I will not belong to you. I have no interest in your kingdom. I hate your father. And Jesus says, if you're not belonging to me and a part of my kingdom, then you are following in his footsteps. Following that direction of saying, I don't want you. I don't want your kingdom. I don't want your father to be my father. It's a question of of belonging, of relationships. How do we relate to Jesus as king or not as king? That's the basis for the separation Jesus is talking about. And in the final verses of our reading, he gives the result of the separation. He sort of he explains the whole parable of the wheat and the weeds, but then he really zooms in on the harvest and says, this, this is what I want you to understand. Verse 40. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it'll be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They'll throw them into the blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let those words land for a minute. This is Jesus himself. He says they'll throw them into the blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This isn't the main reason that Jesus says it, but if you're here, if you're watching, and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, this is a reason to come to Jesus. As you read the Bible, it is not the only reason, it's not the main reason Jesus gives for people to come to him, but it, it is a reason. Surely it's a reason at least to come to Jesus and ask questions. Maybe it's even enough of a reason today to say, I'll follow Jesus. I don't want that, I want you. Jesus, will you have me? And the message of the Bible is that he will, today. But I don't think that's the main reason Jesus says this. Remember, at this point, he's not talking to the crowd, he's with his disciples, he's in private, he's explaining to those who are following him. And he's assuring them that what we know now, with the weeds and the wheat, it won't be like that forever. There'll be a time where the questions of evil and why is it and where's it come from and Jesus, what are you doing, won't be questions anymore because, verse 41, they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. The world that we long for, where there is peace and love and justice, where there is no evil, where there's nothing that causes evil, nothing that drives people towards sin. Jesus says, that is what my kingdom will be. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. That is what will happen after this separation. And for all that we don't like to face up to, think about Jesus as judge, as separator, as destroyer, Jesus says, that is the way that this kingdom comes. This kingdom that we do want, that we do long for, it comes through this judgment and this separation. As we conclude, these are three different parables uh, that Jesus throws together for us. What is, what is up with evil? What is Jesus doing about it? What does Jesus do? Well, firstly, he's waiting. 
He is waiting until his church is ready, until the harvest is ready to be brought in. Jesus, he knows that there are weeds in the world. He's waiting. Secondly, he's growing his kingdom and sending his kingdom, his church, into the world to be a blessing. And we know we don't always get that right. We know there are often weeds in here just as much as out there. But nonetheless, Jesus is using his kingdom like yeast, like a mustard seed, to grow and to spread and to bring blessing. He's waiting, he's growing his kingdom, and he will act. Decisively, finally, dramatically, he will come and send his angels to separate, to judge, to destroy, and to renew and restore and bring blessing and bring the world that we long for. At the world where the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. So Jesus says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you that you don't stand aloof from our world or our questions. The Bible faces up to the reality of evil in the world. And we praise you that you're not uh, absent or distant or uninterested. You're, you're waiting, you're growing your church, you're sending your people into the world to bless. And we praise you that Jesus will come and uh, separate and cleanse and purge and restore. And we pray that in the meantime, as we wait, as we live in this world of wheat and weeds, as we live in this world of mustard seeds and yeast, Please would you give us eyes to see what you're doing in the world and the eyes of faith to see what you will do and what we're looking for when Jesus returns. Amen.